Welcome to the Defender Bible Study, a weekly encouragement to equip the body of Christ through the study of Scripture and prayer to manifest the gospel to orphans and vulnerable children around the world. This podcast is a ministry of Lifeline Children's Services, where we believe that defending the fatherless begins by being rooted in God's Word. It's Monday, July 6, 2020. This is Rick Morton, Lifeline's Vice President of Engagement. And today we're continuing our study on on the Defender Bible Study in Ezekiel chapter 17. And so this week we're going to take a look at a passage of Scripture that is is a story. It's a riddle, um, even says so. It it identifies um, within the passage as a a riddle and and as a parable. Um, Really kind of comes off of last week's study that uh, that Herbie taught for us um, in chapters um, the the three chapters leading up to this and and really you know kind of delving into the the faithlessness of Israel and so we're gonna we're gonna start by reading the passage and then we'll we'll go through and point out a few uh, important details and then hopefully make a little bit of application to this uh, for you and for me so the parable of the two eagles and the vine The word of the Lord came to me, Son of man, propound a riddle and speak a parable to the house of Israel. Say, thus says the Lord God, a great eagle with great wings and long pinions, rich in plumage of many colors, came to Lebanon and took off the top of the cedar. He broke off the topmost of its young twigs and carried it to a land of trade and set it in a city of merchants. Then he took of the seed of the land and planted it in fertile soil. He placed it beside abundant waters. He set it like a willow twig, and it sprouted and became a low-spreading vine, and its branches turned toward him, and its roots remained where it stood. So it became a vine and produced branches and put out boughs. There There was another great eagle with great wings and much plumage, and behold, the vine bent its roots toward him and shot forth its branches toward him from the bed where it was planted, that he might water it. It had been planted on good soil by abundant waters that it might produce branches and bear fruit and become a noble vine. Say, thus says the Lord God, will it thrive? Will he not put put up its roots and cut off its fruit so that it withers, so that all its fresh sprouting leaves wither? Will it not take a strong arm or many people to pull it from its roots? Behold, it is planted, will it thrive? Will it not utterly wither when the east wind strikes it, wither away on the bed where it sprouted? Then the word of the Lord came to me. Say now to the rebellious house, do you not know what these things mean? Tell them, behold, the king of Babylon came to Jerusalem, and he took her king and her princes and brought them in, brought them to him in Babylon. And he took one of the royal offspring, and he made a covenant with him, putting him under oath, the chief men of the land he had taken away, that the kingdom might be humble and not lift itself up and keep his covenant that it might stand. But he rebelled against him by sending his ambassadors to Egypt that they might give him horses and a large army. Will he thrive? Can one escape who does such things? Can he break the covenant and yet escape? As I live, declares the Lord God, surely in the place where the king dwells, who made him king, whose oath he despised, and whose covenant with him he broke, in Babylon shall he die. 
Pharaoh with his mighty army and great company will not help him in war when mounds are cast up and siege walls are built to cut off many lives. He despised the oath in breaking the covenant and behold he gave his hand and all he did all and, and did all these things. He shall not escape. Therefore, thus says the Lord God, as I live, surely it is my oath that he despised and my covenant that he broke. I will return it upon his head. I will spread my net over him and he shall be taken in my snare. I will bring him to Babylon and enter into judgment with him there for the treachery he has committed against me. And all the pick of, the, of his troops shall fall by the sword and the survivors shall be scattered to every wind and you shall know that I am the Lord. I have spoken. Thus says the Lord God, I, my, I myself will take a sprig from the lofty top of the cedar and will set it out. I will break off from the topmost of its young twigs a tender one, and I myself will plant it on a high and lofty mountain. On the mountain height of Israel I will plant it, that it may bear branches and produce fruit and become a noble cedar, and under it will dwell every kind of bird. In the shade of its branches, Birds of every sort will nest, and the trees of the field shall know that I am the Lord. I, I bring low the high tree, and I make the high tree low. Dry up the green tree, and make the dry tree flourish. I am the Lord, I have spoken, and I will do it. Okay, so there's a lot going on in this passage um, this morning, and um, and and essentially what um, the story that Ezekiel is given by God to tell to the people is is really a vehicle to help them to step back and take perspective about what it is that's going on in their nation and what it is that's going on around them. And so we begin by getting the story of the two eagles and the vine. And essentially, when you break it down, he tells the story of an eagle who goes to a cedar tree, a cedar of Lebanon, which is the grandest tree that these people would have known of. And and he goes to this to this grand, wonderful tree and this, this majestic, powerful, beautiful eagle breaks off the top of the tree and takes it and transplants it to another land, to a place of commerce, he says, to a place of, um, to, to, to a land of trade and set in a city of merchants. And it, it says there he plants it and, and in that fertile soil, um, that the top of the tree begins to grow and it thrives and it it grows a vine and the vine is well rooted and it is well provided for and it grows lush and big and puts out lots of branches and 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 is 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 thriving but he says that that the vine isn't um, isn't ultimately satisfied with its place and isn't satisfied with its position. And so it says that there's another great eagle that is, that is nearby and, and that the vine, instead of blooming where it's planted, instead of growing its roots deep, instead of, instead of being appreciative of all that it has and, and growing in the conditions that are making it thrive, the vine begins to stretch itself and it begins to stretch itself toward this other eagle. And it says that it that it it goes toward this other eagle that that eagle might water it and take care of it and 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 that that eagle might say you know see after it and and so then he asks the question in verse nine he says um, that that the Lord God says will it thrive 
And of course, the people in hearing the story, they would have um, immediately said, no, absolutely not. Like if this, if this vine is growing away from its strength, if it's growing away from the place where it's being tended, that ultimately, like it's an offense to the eagle that, that cut it off and that brought it to this place. And that, that, that ultimately, that, that rightfully, the, the first eagle that, that snatched the branch and brought it and, and planted it and tended it and put it into the right place, that that eagle ultimately is going to, is going to cut it off and is, is going to um, gonna, gonna, gonna tear it up and take it away from the, 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 the root that it had, had, had gotten by being planted in this thriving place and that ultimately without any roots that the winds are going to come against it and it's going to, um, it, and it's going to wither. And so essentially then, um, God leads Ezekiel and, and gives Ezekiel the words to say to Israel, once he's, he's told this story and kind of not talking to them about their circumstances or their condition, he tells them the story in order to get them to think and in order to incite their emotions. And then he goes back and talks about what the story is really about. And so the first eagle is, is Babylon. It's Nebuchadnezzar. And, and the, the cedar tree is Israel. And so it says that this eagle came and that it broke off the, the, the topmost branches um, and, uh, of the, the cedar tree that represents Israel. And, and so really that is, that is talking about the, the 3,000 of, of the young men of the princes and the king and the ruling class that were taken out of Babylon or taken out of Israel, um, taken out of the, the, the kingdom of Judah and were taken to Babylon in, in the Babylonian captivity. And so among those was, was the king, Judas king, uh, Je- Jehoiakim, and all of, all of the princes. And so this highest branch that's gone is like the 3,000 of these men. And so remember, that's Daniel and Shadrach and Meshach and Abednego. And, and all of these young men of promise and, and, and the ones who are going to lead the nation have been, have been taken away. And in its place, in their place, um, Nebuchadnezzar, has chosen um, one of one of the king's offspring, one of the king's family, Zedekiah, to be the king, and he's made a covenant with him. And, and Zedekiah has sworn a covenant with Nebuchadnezzar as the king of Babylon. And essentially, he he said that that Israel will become part of Babylon, that they will they will come under the protection of and will be part of the realm of of Babylon. And so he's sworn an oath before God, um, and he's and he's given his word that he's going to be faithful to this treaty that he that he's sworn with Nebuchadnezzar but on the other hand um, Jehoiakim I'm, I'm sorry Zedekiah has has a plot he wants to make Israel a great nation with him as their king but he doesn't want to do it in in the way that that God has made provision for him to be able to do it and so so even as he's making this covenant, with Nebuchadnezzar and and is 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 pretending to live in harmony in a situation where Israel is flourishing under the protection of Babylon. Yes, they're being judged. Yes, there's result for their sin. There's result for their rejection of God. But even so, under the providence of God, the nation is still together and they're still intact and they're still being provided for. 
and and ultimately God is creating a condition where where the people of God are are going to be able to flourish. But for for Zedekiah, it wasn't so important that Israel would be the people of God or that Judah would be the people of God. It was it was more important for him that they would be they would be a strong and independent nation and that he would be their strong and independent king. And so he sends um, emissaries out to Egypt and and seeks to make a pact with Pharaoh and and basically wants to wants to, to ask the the Egyptians to provide um, horses and and armies and armaments and things so that so that Judah can rebel against Nebuchadnezzar and and they can ultimately get their independence and and so he's he's in the place of wanting to make his future his way based on his own cunning and and ultimately he is he is he is offending the heart of God. He's offending God because he's not acting like a covenant maker and a covenant keeper, which we know God is. And so, so God's anger burns against Zedekiah. And, and, and so what it says is that God is ultimately going to use this, this first eagle as an agent of judgment and and that it's gonna that that, that first eagle is gonna is gonna tear the vine up and and it's and it's ultimately going to shatter the reign of of Zedekiah and and so what we you know what we see here is a story that's being played out that that the people of the people of God were being led in such a way that they 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 rebelled against God, they were indifferent towards God, they were suffering under God's punishment, but God hadn't taken his sovereign hand off of them. And that God was providing protection for them and that God had a plan for them and that they and their rulers were in a position where they needed to be faithfully pursuing God and and walking out the plan and walking out the history that God was was creating before them. And so, but Zedekiah wanted to be his own man. He didn't want to be God's man. And so he rebelled. And, and y'all, like, that's the story of our sin. That's the story of our sin nature. If you go all the way back to, you know, Genesis 2 and Genesis 3, the, the ultimate sin of, of Adam and Eve was wanting to put themselves in the place of God, to be equal with God, to be self-made men and to be self-made women. And, and the mistake that they made was to rebel against God's provision and to re- rebel against God's sovereignty and of God's protection. And, and ultimately, we all bear the, 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 the collective guilt and the collective responsibility of being people whose hearts are inclined to reject the provision of God and ultimately to try to go our own way and that all of us are guilty before God because we have sinned and we have fallen short because, because we have tried to live life and do things our own way apart from God. And, and so and we see the, that, that what happens, and, and you can look other places in the scriptures to see the, the story of the way this played out in, in Zedekiah's life and the way it played out in Israel. Um, you can go to 2 Kings chapter 25 where it says in verse 7 about Zedekiah, they killed the sons of Zedekiah before his eyes, put out the eyes of Zedekiah, bound him with bronze fetters, and took him to 
Babylon. So in other words, Zedekiah, because of his rebellion, his, his sons were killed, his mighty men were killed, his eyes were put out, and he was ultimately chained um, and, and, and was, was in bondage because of his own plans and because of his own desires. And he was carried out of the land and he was carried out of the promise um, of Jerusalem and he was carried to Babylon where he lived and he ultimately died apart from the land that God had promised them. And, and in Jeremiah 52, 11, um, it says that Zedekiah remained in Babylon until, until his death. And so, you know, we can see here that there is a, there is a strong principle here that God is, a, God is a covenant maker and a covenant keeper. And, and it's very important to God that, that, that we as his people, we as his treasure, are, take very seriously the, the making of covenants and the keeping of covenants. And the most, most important covenant is that covenant of love and relationship with God, which we all have broken through through our own personal sin and through our own personal rebellion. But we get down to the end of this passage and and like you can't see this story and you can't you can't engage the story without understanding that the gospel sits at the center of this story because because God tell through through Ezekiel tells this story of of like the way that Israel um, was provided for by him, but the way that that plan ultimately failed because of the fickle hearts of the people. But then in verse 22, God turns the table and, and he changes the game and he says, he says this, he says, I myself will take a sprig from the lofty top of the cedar and I will set it out. Y'all, that's Jesus that God himself is going to do the, the, the moving and the planting and the establishing of what needs to happen in order for his people in, to, to be brought into to true covenant relationship with him. And he says, I will break off the topmost of its young, young twigs, a tender one. So not many branches, not a lot of different ways, one tender branch. And, and that's Jesus. And he says, I myself will plant it on a high and lofty mountain. In other words, Jesus and his reign is going to be established on Mount Zion. That this on on this high mountain of Israel, on on this place that God has has set aside as as the land of promise, that he's going to bring the one that's ultimately going to end the curse of sin and is and is going to be the one who's going to renew the covenant for us. And so he says that 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 that, that tree that's planted from that twig is, is going to bear many branches and produce much fruit, and it's going to become a noble cedar. It's going to become the most noble cedar. It's going to become, um, and it's going to flourish because that is literally the planting of the kingdom of God. And that we have the promise that under it, every kind of bird will dwell. And so that's all the nations. That's not just Israel. That's people of every tribe and every tongue and every nation will, will, be, will be brought into covenant with God because of the work of Jesus. And, and in the shade of its branches, in the shade of the kingdom of God, that people of every tribe and every tongue and every nation will find rest. And it says, the trees of the field ultimately then will know that I am the, that I am the Lord, that God is, that he is Yahweh, that he is the God of gods and the Lord of lords, and that by his establishing and renewing this covenant through Jesus and, and, and by, by, 
by saving and rescuing a people for himself that the world will know that God is who he is, that he is the creator, that he is the ultimate, that he is the sovereign. And ultimately, we can trust in the salvation that comes from the Lord because of what we see in the final words of this verse. He says, I am the Lord, I have spoken, and I will do it. And today, we have evidence that he has done it um, through Jesus. And so... So today we see an example in, in the life of Israel and, and ultimately in the, in the actions of the king Zedekiah that, that our fickle hearts are intended and inclined towards sin, that, that, we are, that we are a people left to our own devices who will be rebellious, who will, who will run away from God and will try to make our own way, but that God in his love and in his providence has provided a way that you and I can be healed, that we can be redeemed, and, and that we ultimately can be rescued and brought into to covenant permanent relationship with God through the work of Jesus. And so today we can take great comfort in the fact that we walk in um, we walk in, in in faith and we walk in relationship with our God. Um, ultimately because of the restorative work that Jesus has done and that from, from hundreds of years before um, Jesus would ever set foot and would ever walk on the earth, um, God was, was pointing prophecy like this to say that I am going to be the one who is going to provide and I am going to pay for the sins of the people and I am going to provide a way for them to be reconciled to me. And so with that hope today, um, we want to, to pray for Togo and, and pray for the nation of Togo. First, we want to pray for the church in Togo today um, as they seek to spread the gospel. Uh, we want to pray that, that voodoo and, and the spirit of voodoo would be torn down and that ultimately the truth of Christ and the true gospel would go forth. Um, we, we would pray that the church would rise up and engage orphan care with, with teaching skills and abilities that God has uniquely given them and gifted them to to be able to do. We want to pray that, that God would raise up churches here in the U.S. to champion the cause of the fatherless in Togo and that ultimately that, that they would partner with churches in Togo to bring about ministry um, to these children and to tell them about Jesus. Some of the conditions that we know in Togo is that, um, that upwards of 90% of the Togolese people are lost and without Christ. Um, we know that they are that they face political strife and and even an upcoming election and, and we would pray that God would use the circumstances that are going on in Togo in order to to lead people um, toward hearing the gospel and understanding the gospel and embracing Jesus as their hope. We specifically today want to pray for Winner, who is a pastor and one of our partners in Togo, um, as he is has recently entered the, the the new role of being a pastor and has has recently married. Um, we want to pray for the church that Winner leads outside uh, of Lome in um, in, a, in a small town about 20, 20 miles outside of the capital. That that would become a, a beacon of hope for the for that area and that the ministry. Um, in the church in uh, Catawba would, 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 during this current lockdown of COVID, that they would find ways to be able to thrive in ministry um, even through the restrictions that they face. Um, we pray for 
for Godwin, for, for Winter's brother, um, in his efforts to make a living for his family and to provide for the needs of the orphanage that he grew up in. Many of you have seen the video of, of Winter and Godwin and the story of them raising chickens and, and raising corn and the way that they, they created an interdependent system that provided for their orphanage and the way that they're telling that and teaching that to other orphans um, to give them life skills and job skills and to teach them hope and to use a way to be able to tell them about Jesus. And so we want to pray that, that God will, will continue to bless the efforts of Godwin, that he continue to grow his farm and the raising of chickens and pigs and the production of eggs and corn, and that ultimately that would be used to fuel ministry to the fatherless in Togo. Um, and we pray for Pastor John, um, who also is, is working in and around Togoville, and ask that, that, that Pastor John would have open doors to orphanages and partnerships that would, that would give an opportunity to be able to tell um, young men and young women about Jesus and to be able to teach them life skills and job skills. And finally, that God would give wisdom to our unadopted staff as, as we seek to foster partnerships with churches here in the U.S. and, and seek to, to grow the Lord's church and to care for the fatherless in Togo. And so well, let us pray together. Father, we thank you. God, we thank you for the opportunity to, to work in the nation of Togo. God, we thank you that, that you are alive and active and that your spirit is on the move. God, we pray that in the midst of an election time and political instability and, Lord, during a time when the nation is being challenged by the, the, the challenge of the COVID virus, God, that you... Uh, that you would make a way, that you would protect your church, um, God, that you would grow your church, that you would make the gospel known through your church, and that, and that God, many, many, many of the Togolese people would come to confess Jesus as their Lord as a result of the work of the church in, in Togo, supported by churches here in the U.S. God, I pray that you would give us great wisdom as, as we seek to, to minister well and to partner well in the nation of Togo, and we pray for, especially for Winter and for Godwin and for Pastor John, and God, for all of those who lead the church and, and God, who proclaim the gospel to orphan and vulnerable children and to the community and, and that seek to teach children in such a way that they will grow and, and not repeat the orphan cycle and God, they will, they will become strong men and women that lead their nation and, and that lead their families um, to, to, to follow you as their God. And so today, we confess that we are in need of your help um, in the work in Togo. And God, we thank you for all it is that, um, that you do and have done to bless the word and in, in work in Togo. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. Thanks again for joining us for the Defender Bible Study, and, uh, and we pray that this, uh, this time will be an encouragement to your heart and, and a reminder to pray for the way that God is working among the fatherless around the world um, for his namesake. So um, have a great week, and, and we'll see you back here next week. Thanks again for joining us for the Defender Bible Study. If you enjoy making this podcast a part of your weekly routine, we'd love for you to take a moment to subscribe, rate, and review the Defender Bible Study to make it easier for more people to find. For more resources and information on how you and your church can partner with Lifeline, please visit us at lifelinechild.org. 
follow us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter by searching for Lifeline Child. You can email us directly at info at lifelinechild.org. We look forward to seeing you again next week for the Defender Bible Study.